you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5.0 radio network. And streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. You can visit our webpage at JimDawes.com. Or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. We've got a voicemail set up where you can leave your call that I can use on the broadcast at 772-245-0750. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, the week that was, dear listeners, the week that was, uh, there's going to be a lot of the the stories that uh, took up this week's news that will determine the shape of the uh, upcoming election and really will uh, drive the news cycles for the next year and a half or so. Uh, The Epstein case is going to be a a major, major uh, driver of all of this as they try to weaponize it and use it against Donald Trump. This is going to be the same tactic that they used against Judge Roy Moore down in Alabama and tried to use against Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, they're going to bring women forward to make accusations from uh, deep in the distant past that cannot be uh, proven nor disproven. Uh, and the, the women that make these accusations are going to make out quite well uh, monetarily. And uh, just like the accusers against Roy Moore did and, uh, and the accusers against Brett Kavanaugh. And that'll be their motivation. And uh, Trump will be left uh, standing there unable to uh, adequately defend himself while the media uh, smears him. And uh, one of the things that I've been saying all along is that uh, Epstein uh, was engaged in a blackmail scheme, that he had weaponized uh, his liaisons with underage girls and his, um, his access to people of, uh, you know, of, to billionaires in order to uh, either get them to give him money directly or to put billions of dollars into his so-called hedge fund uh, for management. And there's a, there's a, 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 a news story out that's uh, coming to the same realization. It's in a, um, a publication called uh, The Intelligencer, published by the New York Magazine, and uh, they start by talking about, uh, well, first of all, they talk about uh, the, the buzz among other hedge fund managers. And the takeaway from that is that uh, he had a neighbor uh, when he built this uh, mansion down in Palm Beach, Florida, uh, who was a hedge fund, hedge fund manager named Douglas Cass. And he, uh, he saw this guy throwing all this money around and ha- having these, uh, you know, wealthy um, billionaires visit these parties at Epstein's house while at the same time there were these swarms of young girls around. And when Cass learned that uh, supposedly Epstein has made, had made his fortune in, uh, in hedge fund business, he knew something was up because when you get into that rarefied atmosphere of making that kind of money, those hedge fund managers know each other. 
and they use the same services in which to carry out their financial transactions. And so Cass starts asking around, and nobody knows uh, uh, Epstein. Nobody has done business with Epstein. Nobody knows anybody that has invested with Epstein. Nobody has handled any transactions for Epstein. And yet, here we have Epstein running around, you know, multiple houses in Palm Beach and Manhattan, the largest, most expensive single resident residence in Manhattan. And that's saying something. Got a big, sprawling estate on, uh, in New Mexico. And a private island down in the Virgin Islands. Uh, so clearly he's making tons of money, and yet apparently he's not engaged in the business that uh, he says he is. And this is a long article. I'm not going to read it to you because we've got so much news to cover on today's show. But it's quite apparent uh, among people in the business that what he was doing is uh, taking uh, money under management for these billionaires and basically just sticking it in into the S&P 500 or to T-bills taking, uh, you know, large fees off of it and, um, you know, not investing it at all. His his operation where he says that, you know, he was doing all of these financial transactions simply did not exist. He was basically just uh, putting this money in, uh, in you know, uh, S&P index funds or in uh, treasury bills, taking a huge fee. And what's going to have to be asked at some point, and I'm not sure that the the mainstream media will ask it (laughs) because they're not going to be interested in doing anything with this other than going at Trump. It's whether or not Bill Clinton had funds under management by Jeffrey Epstein. Was the um, hundreds of millions of dollars of endowment for the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global Initiative, was Jeffrey Epstein managing that money for them? But uh, Epstein was apparently um, just a a giant blackmail operation. And it's going to be very interesting to see uh, whether or not he flips on these billionaires to save his own skin. And, of course, the the Southern District of New York, a rabidly anti-Trump Office of the Department of Justice is going to try to um, get Epstein to compose charges against Donald Trump. They've been trying to take him down oh, uh, since before Trump even took office and engaged in prosecutorial misconduct, blatant prosecutorial misconduct. And uh, I think that that's what this whole thing of Epstein and uh, arresting Epstein is about. They don't care if they take down the Clintons at this point. The Clintons are yesterday's news that they have to go down. Well, that's uh, that's collateral damage that they're willing to accept. Trump has, uh, and I've talked about it, you know, very uh, good defense. He threw Epstein out of his uh, his properties because the spa manager at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach said that Epstein was, uh, you know, acting inappropriately toward younger women, and uh, and Trump promptly banned him. Now, that would tell you right there that uh, Epstein doesn't have any blackmail material against Trump. 
but uh, that will be pushed aside, and they'll uh, they'll gin up some stories. Probably, you know, in the uh, month or two leading up to the 2020 election uh, to keep Trump from being able to mount an adequate defense. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that story and reporting it back to you. The real big story of the week is uh, the president capitulating on the inclusion of a citizenship question on the 2020 census. You know, we only get a chance at this once every 10 years. And really, we're teetering on the edge of being able to um, to uh, uh, def- defend the nation from these cultural Marxists. And if, if they get in power, they're, they'll eliminate the uh, citizenship question forever. And I got into a Twitter um, flame war against this, uh, this cultural Marxist. And he was coming up with all of these uh, specious arguments. Well, uh, sure. We should uh, count illegal aliens for the purposes of reallocation and representation in Congress. You can't shoot them, can you? All sorts of crazy, uh, just specious arguments. And, and that, that was sort of the arguments that won the day. The argument that won the day with Judge Roberts of the Supreme Court who cast the deciding vote on this case was that, yes, the administration has the absolute authority to conti- uh, to include a citizenship question. But I don't believe that the reason they gave was adequate. And Clarence Thomas and the, uh, the dissenting opinion pointed out that the administration is not required to give an argument that anybody believes. They're not required to make any uh, uh, sort of excuse for including this question that has been included on censuses going back almost 200 years. It is their administrative prerogative on what questions to include or not to include. But John Roberts sided with the uh, the leftist majority on the Supreme Court and these Obama-appointed judges that have been harassing the president on this regard. There's absolutely no justification for not including it at all, unless, of course... You really don't want to know the answer, and you don't want the American people to know how badly they're being disenfranchised in the House of Representatives because these sanctuary cities and states are uh, encouraging hordes of illegal immigrants to set up house so that they can be uh, so they can increase their number of congressmen from their districts and, and their states. When that happens, legal uh, citizens of the country and legal immigrants are disenfranchised. They have less representation in the House of Representatives. And for some states, small states that just have a few representatives, that could be, um, you know, leave them without representation at all. If you've got two and you go down to one, that's a huge hit in the House of Representatives. And that can very easily happen from these uh, these huge coastal states of New York and California. So that's what it's all about. And they won. The president capitulated. He should have just told, told uh, Judge Roberts and the Supreme Court to pound sand that they are absolutely overstepping their authority. But the president has been uh, nothing if not sub- submissive to these courts 
encouraging them to encroach on executive authority. And they have certainly taken it up, up on them. No, uh, no uh, less a place than the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, who basically just um, substitute their judgment in everything, including the president's ability to be carry out his duties as commander-in-chief for this president. So the president came out to the Rose Garden uh, yesterday before he attended this uh, social media summit. And, uh, and he, he capitulated, he threw in the towel, and he, uh, he used this fig leaf of an executive order where he says that he's going to find out this information from other departments that have it. Yeah, you might find out the information, but you will not be able to use that information for reapportionment because the Constitution says that the reapportionment will be based on the census. And there's, uh, you know, there's uh, some uh, controversy about whether or not illegal immigrants should be, uh, you know, counted for reapportionment. I certainly think that the founders never intended for people in the country illegally to have their own representatives in the uh, House of Representatives. If that were the case, then an evading army could claim that they ought to be counted for the purposes of uh, a Senate. And if they had taken over one of the states of the Union, that they ought to have representation in the in the House. It's an absurd argument. Reductum absurdum. But the Democrats are making it, and and Judge Roberts bought into it in sort of a backdoor kind of way. Here's Trump in the Rose Garden uh, pointing out the reason. He's quite right on, on his, uh, his observation that, uh, on why the Democrats are so opposed to this, uh, this question. As shocking as it may be, far-left Democrats in our country are determined to conceal the number of illegal aliens in our midst. They probably know the number is far greater, much higher than anyone would have ever believed before. Maybe that's why they fight so hard. This is part of a broader left-wing effort to erode the rights of the American citizen and is very unfair to our country. I hope that this uh, presidential campaign are gearing up with these commercials that are showing just how subversive and anti-American the Democrat Party has become. They've thrown in with the far far left wing of cultural and economic Marxists and they're determined to destroy this country and one of the main ways they want to do it is by replacing the electorate with an electorate that's most more open to their appeals towards socialism. Bill Barr uh, came on and congratulated the president for his humiliating capitulation. To today, I applaud the president for recognizing in his executive order that including a question on the census is not the only way to obtain this vital information. The course the president has chosen today will bring unprecedented resources to to bear on determining how many citizens and non-citizens are in our country and will yield the best data the government has had on citizenship in many decades. Well, it would be great to have this data, and it would be great to know how many people are in the country illegally. And uh, in this uh, effort, you know, to combine citizenship data, uh, existing citizenship data, with what you find out during the census can be useful 
for knowing that, but it cannot be used for reapportionment. So yesterday's capitulation is going to come back to haunt this country for at least a decade and probably more, because I believe that we're at a tipping point and this is going to be a major uh, tool that the Marxists use to tip this country. And Ruth Marcus, this, uh, this columnist for the New York Times, was celebrating on CNN. She is one of these far-left uh, Marxists. And, uh, and I have to agree with her. I, I have never found myself agreeing with her about anything, but I had to agree with her yesterday. The word summary of the Attorney General's remarks is congratulations on losing, Mr. President. <laughs> and they didn't just lose. They lost in the most humiliating fashion. They lost at the Supreme Court. We absolutely lost. And this is a defeat uh, very reminiscent uh, to the so-called omnibus bill that the president capitulated and signed. It's been about four months ago. I said at the time and wrote at the time, I, I pointed out in this program that that was going to precipitate an absolute flood of migrants to the southern border because the Democrats were successful in inserting poison pills into that omnibus that made it harder for ICE to do its job, forbade them from spending any money on increased detention capacity, gave uh, illegal aliens already in the country uh, protection against deportation if they sponsored one of these illegal alien children. Not only them, not only the sponsor, but every member of the sponsor's household. It had $1.5 billion dollars in it for the construction of a border wall but that border wall could only be built in four counties uh, in the Rio Grande Valley along the Texas border and it gave veto authority to the uh, to the governing bodies in those far left democrat controlled counties it was an absolute disaster it was a disaster of a bill And if you see the crisis that's going on down there on the southern border right now, it was bad before the omnibus. But since the omnibus and since the coyotes and the human smugglers saw the the, um, provisions that the Democrats had inserted for their benefit, it has been an absolute unremitting flood of illegal immigrants showing up at the uh, border to claim bogus asylum, make bogus asylum claims. Phil Mudd, that uh, former CIA analyst, FBI and CIA analyst, a swamp creature if there ever was one, who is paid by CNN to uh, to bash the president, um, he had a different take on it. I'll comment after, after um, I play the clip. The, the point is, from day one, you go with a Muslim ban. It's not about whether that ban works. You remember, there's a lot of legal arguments against that Muslim ban from day one. It's about telling his supporters, people who don't look like you don't belong in this country. So Phil Mudd is saying that uh, Trump actually won because uh, his supporters are going to see that the Marxist Democrats are determined to destroy the country. And the only thing standing between them and the nation's ruin is uh, is Donald Trump. Well. There is some truth to that. I think Donald Trump is a patriot. He's a strong patriot. I believe his heart's in the right place, but an incompetent patriot. Profoundly incompetent. And I'm not sure, you know, it it does us a lot of good to have someone that's right 
on the issues if he cannot implement the solutions to, to the issues that get, gets him elected. If he's going to lose again and again on the issues, then, you know, what damn good is he? And he was actually out there defending old Nancy Pelosi from these uh, attacks by uh, AOC and and her uh, squad accusing Nancy Pelosi of uh, racism when he should have been pointing out uh, to anybody who would listen that Nancy Pelosi just yesterday, and I'm going to try to find this clip for you, uh, just yesterday was aiding and abetting illegal immigrants to avoid deportation. Why, why would you even go on the air and announce that you're going to do ice raids and deportations on a certain day? Tell everybody you're coming so that Nancy Pelosi could then go on and, and uh, I'm trying to find this part of the clip that uh, really illustrates her aiding and abetting the uh, uh, illegal immigrants being with deportation orders from a judge avoiding uh, avoiding justice. It's not the same as a search warrant. Here we go. As ICE deportation warrant, an ICE deportation warrant is not the same as a search warrant. If that is the only document ICE brings to a home raid, agents do not have the legal right to enter a home. If ICE agents don't have a warrant, warrant signed by a judge, a person may refuse to open the door and let them in. An administrative order of removal from ICE or immigration authorities is simply not enough. So uh, the order from a judge that somebody has exhausted their due process and they're not entitled to be in this country and they are to be deported, according to Nancy Pelosi, is not enough for their deportation. Well, what exactly would be enough then? Obviously, the answer is, in the uh, opinion of the far-left Democrats, nothing. So if Nancy says uh, illegal immigrants don't have to observe a, a a legitimate judge's order why in the hell does donald trump have to uh, obey the the courts he went on he was talking about uh, during the he, he was uh, on his way out to uh, marine one the helicopter on his way out of town he had uh, old uh, alex acosta in tow Alex Acosta finally threw in the towel today. I knew that he would, and I said from the very beginning that uh, he was not going to be able to, f- to survive this. First of all, the uh, Secretary of Labor has one job, and that is to uh, give confidence to working people that they're being uh, treated fairly, and two, to support the administration. Uh, Alex Acosta could do neither of those from now on because he is going to be the face of the uh, botched prosecution of a child molester. Absolutely had to go. He should have uh, resigned immediately. The president allowed him to make his case. That should have never been the case. He should have been just summarily shown the door. What happened in the Epstein case was, uh, was indefensible. But Trump, on the way to his helicopter, he uh, he threw a bone to old Nancy. Cortez 
should treat Nancy Pelosi with respect. She should not be doing what she's doing. And I'll tell you something about Nancy Pelosi that you know better than I do. She is not a racist, okay? She is not a racist. For them to call her a racist is a disgrace. Well, Nancy Pelosi actually is a racist. She's not a racist against black people or brown people. She's a racist against white people. She is a self-loathing Marxist Democrat from San Francisco. I could play you clips where she's talking about how uh, she's raised her grandson to wish that he wasn't white. He's most certainly a racist. She's just not a racist in, uh, in Trump's eyes. Well, we got to run out to a break. We're going to be back after two messages. Stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. And you're back on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network and iHeartRadio. Well, that really was a depressing capitulation on the citizenship question. I believe that the president should have halt, held off on starting uh, the uh, the census until he had had uh, the the appeal adjudicated, and I think he most certainly would have won. And it's depressing, you know. You get your your butt kicked again and again when you're right on the issues, and it can be dispiriting. We're going to have to vote for this president. He's certainly going to be the Republican nominee coming up, and we're going to have to vote for him again. But if he doesn't get his act together, having a, having a president in there who, who is right on the issues but gets defeated again and again is of very, very little value. It's like having an excellent captain on a sinking ship. He can control. Well, no, it's not. It's not, it's not a very good analogy because an excellent captain on the sinking ship would, uh, would be more valuable. But anyway, the president also yesterday had a... Uh, a social media summit in which he brought in a a lot of the um, social media stars that have been his defenders been almost completely shut out of the regular media and he's uh, he's just coming to the realizations that uh, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Google are aligned against him he's trying to encourage his supporters 
but in the absence of any sort of legislation or regulation to force these uh, social media giants to comply with the terms of their exemption from um, from liability suits uh, from uh, yeah from liability suits they're supposed to be just neutral arbiters of a um, of a of free speech they're not supposed to make editorial judgments and because they went and lobbied congress on that position they were given protection from uh, from slander and um, defamation and other um, forms of liability and yet they're not keeping their end of the bargain they've got this uh, this immunity from lawsuits at the same time they are uh, censoring conservatives left and right and if you doubt that you need only look at the fact that James Woods a very high profile uh, Hollywood guy one of the very few that uh, has come out for Trump but he was devastatingly effective on Twitter. He absolutely did nothing that comes close to what the leftists are doing on on that platform, and yet Twitter banned him. They didn't ban him because he was dangerous or he had violated their terms of service. They banned him because he was a very effective advocate for Donald Trump. So they ban James Woods, but at the same time, if you go on Twitter right now or you go on Facebook, you will find scores of Antifa groups organizing, actually carrying on violence in the streets. They are a domestic terror organization and have been uh, designated such by the FBI, and yet you got to ban Twitter. I mean, you got to ban James Woods. you got to ban Alex Jones. you got to ban Laura Loomer. But Antifa, oh, that's fine. you got people uh, who, in the aftermath of the Covington Catholic fiasco, where they accuse these Catholic schoolboys of uh, somehow being vile racists, you had people on there uh, calling for the school, the kids to be locked inside their school and the school to be burned down. Still on there. The tweet was never even taken down. You had uh, one cartoonist draw uh, a, an illustration of, uh, of that one schoolboy that uh, was being harassed by the, uh, the tribal elder being put into a wood chipper. The tweet was never taken down. The author was never banned. Again and again and again, the leftists get away with virtual murder. While if conservatives say anything that hurts anybody's feelings, Twitter bans them. And you better believe that they're controlling Donald Trump's reach. He may uh, have millions and millions of followers, but his reach is being throttled. I can tell you firsthand that if Twitter doesn't want your uh, your tweets to get out, they're not going to get out. And Facebook can absolutely throttle uh, your reach. When I was on Facebook uh, 
as soon as I hit 4,000 listens on this show, the very next day, it was like flipping a switch. It, it dropped back down after months and months of building an audience. As soon as it hit 4,000, that number uh, dropped down to below 200 and never to return. So these people are violating the terms of their um, their service. They're absolutely engaging in censorship. These are the same companies, keep in mind, that are over in China helping China develop their social credit score that if you offend the communist dictatorship in China, Facebook and, and these other tech giants in Silicon Valley and the United States of America will assist the Chinese dictators in making sure that you won't be able to get a job, that you won't be able to send your kids to get educated, that you won't be able to travel. They will absolutely destroy your life. And they've, I, I think they've got that in mind for us. Seeing how they're censoring people online, you would, you would not put it past them. They are far left radicals. They believe that anybody that disagrees with their political worldview is somehow immoral. And they will absolutely use every tool in their toolbox to suppress and, uh, and drive you from the public square. So uh, Trump called in all of these social media uh, people, including uh, um, O'Keefe. Is it not Ed O'Keefe? Um, the guy at Project Veritas that has absolutely done fabulous work. If, if O'Keefe were a mainstream journalist, the way he is uh, doing these, uh, these exposés, he would most certainly win a Pulitzer Prize. But because his political point of view is verboten according to the cultural masters our cultural masters he is repeatedly uh, derided and slandered as uh, having you know uh, manipulated videos he's characterized as a fringe candidate and they they try to deny him what is obvious that he is in fact a uh, investigative journalist And the one guy that's offering some defense in this whole area is Josh Hawley, uh, the freshman senator from Missouri, who's done an absolute excellent job of coming up with a bill that will most certainly never pass the Senate because uh, the tech titans in uh, Silicon Valley own lock, stock, and barrel probably 85 90% of all of those senators in, in the uh, the Senate and most definitely a majority of the uh, House of Representatives. Doesn't mean he shouldn't move forward and try, but um, the value is not going to be that he passes this. The value is going to be as a wake-up call that you can't, in fact, do anything to rein in the tech titan censorship of conservative views. So here's Josh Hawley. It's a little bit of a long clip at yesterday's social media summit. The media, the media says 
The establishment media, the fake media, they say, oh, there's no censorship in social media. That's all made up. That's all fake. You and I know that that's not true. You and I know the truth is that the social media giants would love to shut us down. They would love to shut us up. They would love to shut him up more than anything else, and we can't let them. And that's why we need to step up now, and I think we need to say to them, here's the deal. Google, Facebook, Twitter, they've gotten these special deals from government. They've gotten a special giveaway from government. They're treated unlike anybody else. If they want to keep their special deal, here's the bargain. They have to quit discriminating against conservatives. You agree with that? No more. No more discrimination. It's that simple. That's all we're asking for. They ought to abide by the same principles of free speech and the First Amendment that this country embraces, that we love and call our own. And I don't think it's too much to ask for these huge tech platforms who've gotten rich off of our information, right? Off of our data, off of everything we've given them. They've gotten rich off of it. They've gotten rich off their special privileges from government. They want to keep those. They shouldn't discriminate. They shouldn't censor. They shouldn't shut us down. I want to thank the president again for his incredible leadership. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you, Mr. President, for all that you do. Josh Hawley's the guy that I've got my eye on as the future um, leader of this movement, this America First movement. Tom Cotton, he's got a, a few uh, problems with his, uh, his support of these H-1B visas, but he is also um, uh, excellent on most issues. I would love to see a ticket of Hawley and uh, Cotton or Cotton and Hawley. I guess it would be too much to hope that that would be the case in 2020. I think it would win. Um, But we're going to have to accept uh, Donald Trump as our savior warts and all and and hope that somehow we muddle through this uh, and and he learns how to control the levers of government a little bit better than he has so far. A real uh, funny development in yesterday's social media summit was you had this guy, Brian Kareem, He's a, a, a former um, newspaper writer for a, a publication in Baltimore. They let him go, and now he's writing for Playboy magazine, of all things. And uh, he, he likes, he, he's got White House credentials, and he likes to stand on the sidelines and throw barbs, make smart-ass remarks. And uh, yesterday, because the, uh, the social media people were given the seats that were normally reserved for that for the uh, the mainstream journalists they were standing back there and uh, making wise cracks and uh, and trying to provoke uh, the social media operators I would call many of them are more journalists than uh, the mainstream journalists more honest more thorough and certainly more enlightening. But you had O'Brien Cream. He started. Uh, he started um, making smart aleck remarks to the uh, social media uh, posters, and uh, at, at one point he called out Sebastian Gorka. Sebastian Gorka is he actually worked in the White House as an advisor, and uh, and now he's got a radio show on the Salem Radio Network called America First. Which, incidentally, Sebastian, if you're living listening was the name of my show for over 20 years and you didn't ask and you didn't uh <laughs> you didn't uh you know take much uh, interest in that if you're interested in the uh the domain americafirstradio.com I'd be glad to uh talk about it with you but anyway he uh he said something to the effect 
to uh, uh, Kareem said to Gorka, let's take it outside. <laughs> well, first of all, Brian Kareem is one of these uh, loud mouths who likes to pretend he's tough, but really probably couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag. And Sebastian Gorka is about a head taller and probably got 50 pounds on him. So Gorka got out, uh, went over and got in his face and uh, and called him a punk. I'll let you listen to the uh, to the exchange. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. No, I'm just standing I'm around. This is a group of people that are eager for demonic possession. Demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a journalist, right? That's right. Hey, come on over here and talk to me, brother. We can go outside and have a long conversation. You are a punk. You're not a journalist. You're a punk. Go home. You're a journalist. Go home. Hey, Gorka, get a job. Hey, just for the record, he'd kick your punk ass. <laughs> he absolutely would kick his punk ass. You notice how he said, uh, you can come on over here and we'll take it outside. But uh, once Gorka got over there in his face, he put his hands down by his side and held them together and, and made it quite clear that he had no intention of going outside with Gorka and let, let Gorka call him a punk. And then after Gorka walked away, he, he screwed up his nerve again and uh, said, uh, get a job. Ooh, get a job. I'm going to let you listen to that one more time because it is kind of good. What it starts with is, uh, is uh, after Kareem and the other journalists had said, had been haranguing the social media people because they got the seats one of them said, don't be sad, which uh, prompted Kareem to to uh, insult the uh, social media attendees. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. No, I'm just standing around. This is a group of people that are eager for demonic possession. Demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a journalist, right? That's right. Hey, come this on over here and talk to me, brother. We can go outside and have a long conversation. You are a punk. You're not a journalist. You're a punk. Go home. Go home. That is hilarious. Kareem absolutely would have got his punk ass kicked. And I guess we can only wish that it had happened. Wish that it had happened. So what's the other story? Oh, yeah. So um, yesterday, Joe Biden. (laughs) <laughs> Sleepy Joe gave a big, well, before we go to the story, I want to play, uh, 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 just stand by with me real quick. We now know that Google and YouTube aren't just silencing conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding leftist candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and gun control. You've got only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values that made this country great, and that's by sticking together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, you get the same crystal-clear nationwide service with a portion of your bill going to support the causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com today. Switching is easy, and you'll get a free month service when you use the promo code COMEONOVER. You do have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Promo code, come on over. 
So old Joe Biden, he, uh, first of all, uh, he's, he's just about done. He's just about done. All of the left that really controls the energy and the direction of the Democrat Party have all turned against old Joe Biden. And the latest, uh, latest attack that they've taken, well, Joe Biden was vice president when um, Obama was deporting all these illegal immigrants. That's a good argument if you're uh, if you're a leftist and you're wanting to you know unseat Joe Biden. It's really a specious argument because uh, the truth of the matter is Obama didn't deport that many illegals. What he did was reclassify how they treat um, not allowing uh, people to enter illegally. So we've got these ports of entry down there. If somebody showed up at these ports of entry and attempted to Ill, uh, enter illegally and they were turned away, Obama would classify that as a deportation. He did that in his first term to try to defend himself from the fact that uh, you know, the border was leaking like a sieve and he wasn't doing anything about it. But um, nevertheless, they're weaponizing this accusation now against uh, O'Biden Oh, Biden, that's <laughs> that's maybe what we should call him, oh, Biden. Or, uh, yeah, oh, Biden. Barack, oh, Biden. Um, but he can't defend himself against these things. Uh, the more he tries to defend himself, the deeper he gets. It's sort of like the tar baby in uh, Uncle Remus. If you engage in it, you just, you just uh, legitimize it. And, uh, and they're getting so um, determined to get Biden as they've got their oppo research people do, digging into his records uh, in the Senate. And one of the things they did was they went to the Biden library. I didn't know vice presidents got a library, but, oh, that's, what, that's right. He gave his documents from his time in the Senate to um, one of the universities in Delaware. It's probably the University of Delaware. They were refusing to release it without Biden's permission and Biden isn't giving him his permission because there's a lot of stuff in that uh, 30 plus year career that he did in the Senate that, uh, that they'll just use as an absolute club to beat him with. But Biden's trying to get back on the offensive and uh, instead of, you know, defending himself against the attacks of these leftists in the 22 member Democrat field, He's, uh, he's trying to just go directly into the general election and, uh, and show that he is the candidate to take on Trump. The problem is Biden's 76 years old. He actually looks and acts older than that. He's not a young, vigorous 76-year-old like, uh, like Bernie Sanders or nowhere near the energy that Donald Trump has. So uh, Biden announced a, uh, a foreign policy address. Had about 100 people attend it. Um, they were all, you know, Biden supporters. And I'm going to play you some clips from this. As I play these clips, just notice how low energy and how he stumbles over his words. And at the end, I'll, uh, I'll play you a, a montage of, uh, of Biden um, that illustrates just how he is not ready to take on Donald Trump. First of all, he starts crawfishing on the crime bill. Now, why the crime bill came up 
in a foreign policy address. I'm not exactly sure, but he he needs to get right on that issue, and uh, and he does engages in a little bit of revisionist history. Cetera. But Bill also included things I didn't like. I didn't support the provision President wanted and called three strikes and you're out. Didn't support it then, don't support it now. I didn't support any mandatory minimums. I didn't support more money to build state prisons. I was against it. So he was, he was basically saying he was against all the provisions of the crime bill, and yet he voted for it. And they've got some... Um, some video of him uh, uh, in the Senate talking about these predators, and he doesn't care how they came to be uh, predators, that they've got to be taken off the streets. And he was absolutely right then. But he's uh, going to be apologizing for it for the remain for however long he stays into this campaign. And these uh, these blue-collar voters in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin are paying attention to all of this. Here he goes directly at uh, Donald Trump and says that, uh, well, what he does is he sort of slurs his way into continuing to destroy his own candidacy. We believe in freedom of religion. That's why I will end the Muslim ban. The Muslim ban is broadly supported in this country. It is not a Muslim ban. It is a ban on, uh, on visas from countries with deep-seated, uh, you know, radical Islamic terrorism that cannot be properly vetted in order to get a visa, and it's been upheld by the Supreme Court. But old Joe, he starts right out saying he, he's going to revoke that. We believe in freedom of religion. That's why we'll end the Muslim ban. We believe in free speech. That's why I'll end the gag rule, the global gag rule that prevents money from getting to NGOs who even talk about family planning. He almost cannot formulate a sentence. But if he's for free speech, you would think that he would come out against the censorship of opposing points of view on social media. He, he's not against censorship at all. He's just against censorship that might reduce the number of abortions. We believe in the power of free press. That's why I'll return immediately to daily press briefings in the White House. Yeah, you have the luxury of having daily press briefings because uh, you will be giving a, a given uh, kid glove treatment and get questions like the fawning ones that uh, Barack Obama received. What's the most magical thing about the office that you have discovered? Oh, my God. State Department and the Defense Department. We are a nation of immigrants. But President Trump took those words. President Trump? <laughs> we're a nation of immigrants. Yeah, we're becoming more and more a nation of immigrants to the detriment of the nation of citizens. Of immigrants. But President Trump took those words, those literal words, nation of immigrants, out of the statement, the mission statement of our citizenship and immigration services. I will restore those words. It matters. Are his dentures loose? What the hell? He's got a teleprompter. All you got to do is read off the teleprompter. Oh, Joe Biden's been at this too long. He's taken too many. Uh, he sounds like he's taken too many blows to the head. You know, and seriously, he, he did have a massive brain aneurysm that required surgery. But in the short time we've got left, I, I, could, I could play you clip after clip and respond to them, but I, we're running out of time. So I'm just going to 
play you a montage of old, low-energy Joe Biden slurring through this, this speech. And despite the fact that he had this massively friendly audience, he is very unable to hit any applause lines. As President of the United States, I would uh, remind the world that we are the United States of America and we do not coddle dictators. The United States of America gives hate no safe harbor. There will be no more Charlottesvilles, no more Helsinkis. The challenge of following this disastrous presidency, however, will not be just to restore the reputation and our credibility. Donald Trump and the demagogues around the world are are leaning into these forces. That triumph of democracy and liberalism over fascism and autocracy that has driven all our economic process and progress. We believe in free speech. That's why I'll end the gag rule, the global gag rule that prevents money from getting to NGOs who even talk about family planning. But President Trump took those words, those literal words, nation of immigrants, out of the statement, the mission statement of our citizenship and immigration services. We have to be honest about, (laughs) excuse me, (laughs) to be honest about because we've neglected the basics by strengthening, by strengthening, by strengthening. Folks, we're virtually virtually energy independent. He has, he has, I don't know how to say it, from, he's alienated us from the very democratic allies we need most. And partnerships built on cohesion, excuse me, coercion, to take on non-traditional threats like weaponized corruption. We cannot be a credible voice on the proliferation of nuclear security and on proliferation of nuclear security. We'll look. We'll look for enforceable commitments. They'll produce emissions, reduce emissions. <laughs> Please, God, let Joe Biden be the Democrat nominee. He makes um, he may, he makes Hillary Clinton look like the Energizer Bunny. And I guarantee you, by the end of this uh, this campaign, he's going to be ready for a walker because this is a high energy sort of activity, and he just ain't got it. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us invite you back here again tomorrow right here on mojo 50 radio when the weather outside is frightful the hyundai santa fe is hmm, what's the word delightful because it's got available h-track all-wheel drive to make being out together better enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned santa fe packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together to enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.